You're listening to The Loyalty Minute, the show that helps you build better customer loyalty and more valuable user engagement with your host, Rob Gallo. Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of The Loyalty Minute. I'm your host, Rob Gallo, and today I'm super eager and excited to chat with CJ Ramirez. He's the Senior Vice President of Marketing at Doghouse. Doghouse is spelt with an H-A-U-S, for those of you who are Googling yeah, it right now confused. to find out. <laughs> often confused. Yeah. So CJ Ramirez, that. he plays a vital role in driving brand innovation at the company's marketing as marketing and strategy, and he joined the team in 2013. He implemented marketing and branding campaigns that have directly impacted the doghouse, becoming one of the hottest emerging brands in the restaurant industry. Welcome to the show, CJ, and thanks for joining me. Well, that was really long. I'm sorry I stepped on you. I mean, I, I, I thought you were just going to give me a brief introduction, but that was one heck of an introduction. Thanks for that. That's really well done. Congratulations. Okay, very you've good. Got a, you've got a great team over there that you're working with. Did yeah, you do Brittany that research yourself? She, no, yeah. Brittany, Brittany does all that stuff. So she must have got something from your PR people as to what Virtual the high five to the support team, man. That was well done. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't do it Love without. Love being here. Thanks for having us. You know, in our warm-up, you mentioned about big brand doghouse. And I'm really just getting used to that term. I mean, we've grown, no doubt. I did join formally in 2013. Uh, the three founding partners are dear friends of mine, so you can rest assured we've had a few glasses or bottles of wine talking about what their grand vision was back in 2010 when they started. But yeah, been a fun ride. It's been really great to work for, with friends, for friends, and be able to reel in more of our friends um, into the uh, overall operation. So great Good to be stop. here. Happy to talk about this stuff. Well, let's let's start first on, on two fronts. Number one, you personally, as you know, your journey through life that got you to this point, so people could identify with you. And then, as your role as senior vice president of marketing for Doghouse, what Doghouse is for those who don't know around the country, and then we'll go from there. Well, um, okay, so let's start with Doghouse. So we're a craft casual concept known for gourmet sausages, dogs and burgers and we've been known to have one uh bad mother clucker right it's uh, a <laughs> it, it's it's this menu that we've grown over time um but look my background has come from advertising uh therefore there's positioning that's always involved which will eventually be a part of our loyalty conversation today right mm -hmm. um but but what i guess i really want to say is that doghouse has been charting our own path through this quick service restaurant world, restaurant world since day one. Um, we're not a quick service restaurant. We're made to order every single time someone places an order. And we have a very unique menu where people are not sure about what they're about to receive, right? It's a, mm. it's a menu with these quirky names, really fun. We have a great time naming every item. But if you look at it and you can't see an image, uh, then you really rely on the cashier to explain it to you. So we're very much what we would like to say a hospitality business, right? We're providing someone a really fun space. We like to call it a nostalgic space where they can relive the joy of eating the comfort food, a dog, a sausage, a burger. Um, and that's really what we're all about. So we're super stoked that we're able to become a national brand and that we're able to um, just take what we do here in Pasadena, California and, 
expanded throughout California and as far now east as Maryland. We're in Bethesda and Kentlands, and so some really great range in yeah. what we've been able to do. I saw the location map on the side, and it's pretty extensive. It's great stuff. Yeah, you know, and, and what not most people know is that tends to be our brick and mortars. That doesn't cover our venues. That doesn't cover the stadiums that we're in, and nor does that really include um, all of this, you know, emerging virtual kitchen spaces that we're participating in. So our footprint is actually much larger than the 40-plus brick and mortar locations you'll find on our house hunting map. Cool. So what we do in the, in the program, CJ, is we kind of, we, we look at stories, stories that you might be able to tell that convey what brand loyalty means to you as a consumer and then what brand loyalty means to you in marketing as the senior vice president for the company. So the first question literally is that, uh, and I ask most uh, interviewees this, is what does brand loyalty or customer loyalty mean to you, CJ Ramirez, as a consumer? As a consumer, I think it really has to do with retention, right? I think it has the, the customer loyalty. I'm a loyal customer because I am retained by that brand. It's constantly speaking to me in a relevant way. It's constantly presenting me with new, new. And new doesn't have to be a new product. It just has to be like a, maybe a new way to use something that I already have. The, the reusability is very important as well. So um, for me, it always starts with retention. For me, that's the most important thing. So could you think of any specific brands that you might be loyal to and the reasoning that you would be if you can form it in the form of a story? So, for example, quick story, and my listeners have heard this a million times about American Express. American Express had a situation with me where some guy opened up my swimming pool. It was supposed to be crystal clear when he was done. It wasn't. And he charged me $1,100 for it. And I said, I'd be willing to pay him $300 because he took the ladder out of the shed and the diving board, but it was still pea green when I was done. When, when he said, all right, I'm done, you know, I st I'm still going to charge $1,100. I called American Express. They said, not only would they take care of it for me, they sent me flowers because I've been a loyal yeah. customer with them since 1987. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I've been with American Express a long time as well. And Good job to them, you know, and I want to say one more thing because that's your story. Let me tell you something about your story and or your choice and example and me. I remember when uh, 2008, right? Everyone had a tough time in 2008 not to take anything away from our current situation. But I remember calling American Express and saying, hey, um, my account receivables aren't moving as fast as I was hoping. And they're like, hey, what do you need? You need two months off? And I was like, hell yes. Who wouldn't take yes to that, right? Who yeah. wouldn't say yes to that? But you're right. When the company understands who you are, what your situation is, and they understand your lifetime value, mm -hmm. they don't want to lose you. That's retention. So exactly that. So, so what brand do I follow? Which brand am I loyal to? And gosh, you know, I really think about it. And, and hopefully people haven't said this before, or maybe a ton of people have said this before. But I'd have to say I'm most loyal to Apple. Now, you have to ask yourself, what, why Apple? You know, that's a, that's a du jour product. But, but really not. Um, I have to believe that everyone by now has watched the Macintosh launch commercial on YouTube. If you didn't see it live, which I did, when I was 20 years old watching Super Bowl 18, right? That commercial was epic. Shiat Day, their creative team, they really introduced something in a way that made everyone curious. 
And I love that. It was super relevant to me. It made me think about like, wow. It made me think exponentially. It made me think about things that I didn't even know could exist, right? And so for me, that was the most important thing, you know. And again, because I come from the advertising background, Mm -hmm. I loved their copy line, right? Their tagline, the way they finished the commercial. And it was like, it went like this. On January 24th, Apple Computer will introduce Macintosh. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. <laughs> Come on. That's Come great. Come on, right? And you hear that and you're just like, what does that mean, 1984? This is, you have to remember way back then. I mean, I'm dating sure. myself, but like the Olympics were in town and this all this stuff was happening and it just seemed like a great time to be alive. And all of a sudden this personal computer is announced, you know, and it's not going to be take up an entire room and you can do stuff. For me, that was hooked. And it wasn't long before I had the first Macintosh 128 personal computer. And I've consistently owned an Apple computer or an Apple product because there are more to it now than just the computer since 1984. So yeah. for sure, that has to be the brand I'm loyal to. Well, it's funny you say that because, you know, when I first started in the casino business before Apple became as mainstream as it was, everything was on Windows. And I suffered through windows and I had to just grin and bear it. Uh, It was painstaking to have to reinstall drivers and restart my machine when I did something new. Apple, Apple gets it. Do your listeners know that I don't have a dog? (laughs) (laughs) Working out of the home. Um, There you go. So, all right, girls, that's enough. So, um, yeah, Apple, what gets me about Apple, it's, well, at one time it was nearly a trillion dollar company and you could still get them on the phone and they would walk you through support for an hour, which is just unheard of. And they make a quality product as well. I mean, all their products, I think, just work. You don't have to think about it. Yeah. So in 1984, I was in college and I was fortunate enough to get this 128 computer because I actually worked in the disabled student services office at my university. And um, the, the director of that department thought that this would be a tool that we'd be able to produce custom, you know, uh, messaging for specific individuals or reproduce content in a larger font size and all these other things that it can do. Right. But. What was the most interesting thing is that I had that support that you're talking about back then. I'd call them, they'd teach me how to use this computer, and before you knew it, I got elevated on campus to help all the other department heads, um, secretaries, learn how to use the Apple computer. And uh, so, so my involvement with them wasn't only just as the user, but I actually got pulled in a little bit more to be like the on-campus uh, advocate for the product, which mm. was pretty interesting. Yeah. Fast forward, you know, um, I did uh, my graduate work at Art Center College of Design in Pasadena. And I remember when I got there and it was kind of the turning point of what was done by hand and what could be done with technology. Mm-hmm. And so a group of us, there were like four or five of us students were saying, let's start the computer revolution at a communication advertising school because we can move ideas faster. So we're not here to sell Apple computers. We're here to talk about what makes things loyal. But I think when you have that connection to a product and the organization that's producing that product and or service, right? Yeah. You really, you really become a fan of, um, of that brand and that keeps you um, loyal. 
Yeah. And it, it's true too. What you said at the top of the, the conversation about Apple was that their marketing prowess and their engagement strategies are entertaining, right? You're thinking about 1984 and it, and it just conjures up all these images and it makes you think. And, and that's sort of, you know, I, you know, Steve Jobs did a fantastic job of that as far as being a showman for sure. and getting for people sure. to listen. But, you know, thankfully their brand stands behind them in, in the things that they do. Uh, so other than that, I mean, and I know we could talk about Apple and we could talk about Starbucks and other companies that do a great oh, sure. job at creating a culture that people want to belong to. Right. And that's sort of the culture of building a brand that people are proud to hang their name, you know, associate their name with. Yeah. And I think it's, either you said Starbucks, right? So, uh, I remember I was working in China for a long time. I was in Shanghai and it was densely populated as we all know the city is. And, and I thought to myself, I just want to feel like I'm at home for a moment. Hmm. And, 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 and not intentionally, but by great perfect timing surprise, I went in to a Starbucks. And in that moment, I could close my eyes and I was in any Starbucks in any city and I chose to be in the Pasadena, California Starbucks on Colorado Boulevard. And I felt like I was at home for that time that I was there to just listen to the noise, obviously not voices or, or languages, mm -hmm. but the making of the coffee and all that stuff. And I was like, ah, hmm. about that much closer to home. So it, it's that entire experience, which is super important, which goes to the retention and hospitality of what makes someone a loyal customer. Well, let's dovetail that right into Doghouse and how you guys emulate that at Doghouse. So I'm assuming you could probably replicate that same scenario in any of your locations. If yeah, yeah, for sure. Same feel. For sure, yeah. I mean, look, our, everything for me and everything for our team is really tried to come from like what we think the customer journey would be like, right? We started this conversation and what is loyalty for you, CJ? What do you do? What do you think about? Right? So we try to do the same. We try to put ourselves in the shoes of our customers and our customers are, are really amazing. As a matter of fact, we don't even call them customers. We call them guests, right? And then we call prospective customers or prospective guests. We call them fans and our customer journey comes through social media. We have a very strong social media following. Um, we, our, our account is in Instagram, which does the best right now, at Doghouse Dogs. And people see our food, and they begin to direct message us and ask us when we're coming to a specific city, right? So we have that direct engagement through social media. And, and that is where it begins. And then once they have their first-time trial, right, then all of a sudden, they give us their feedback and then we respond. So we're really big into reputation management. So we engage with them there. And then when they come back, right, for their repeat visit and the repeat visit, the repeat visit, they become almost evangelists for us. They start posting on their social media. They start talking about it to their friends. And, and it's pretty amazing. We have a location in Las Vegas. Typical response for me um, that involves that location is this. But first of all, we're not on the strip. We're not in that prime space. We're more on the residential side. We're just off the strip slightly. 
And people will say, hey, when are you bringing a doghouse to fill in the blank city, fill in the blank state? And I don't see it on our roadmap. I then will ask them, hey, when are you going to be next in Vegas? Now, this is pre-COVID, by the way, obviously. Mm -hmm. right? and, there's, and they would say something like, oh, well, I'm there for a, a, a bridal shower on this day or a bachelor party on this day or a family wedding on this day. And I'm like, great, we've got a location in Las Vegas. And they're super stoked. So... For us, it's really about how we can speak to our customers, how we can get them involved, or prospective customers, right? And get them involved in our brand. But it all starts with social media. It all starts there. For us, that's where everything begins. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Evangelism is probably the number one factor in terms of building brand loyalty. Because especially nowadays, I mean, you know, I know you and I are dating ourselves from before the internet, you know, when... Uh, it's true. I know, but but now, people. You know, I I don't make a purchase online without looking at reviews, real customer reviews, and oh, for sure, kind of be a scientist to figure out the difference between a real customer review and a AI written customer review to get the real feel, right? Um, but on major purchases, of course, I mean on the average thing. But if I'm going, especially if I'm going to buy a service from someone, a plumber or an electrician, I want to make sure that these people have been vetted by my community. I think it's the same thing. Someone wants to know if I go to doghouse, if I, if I eat in this establishment, what, what's, what's the food like, number one, what's the service like, number two, and this might be, you know, uh, pretty much even there. Uh, I, I wouldn't, it, as great as food could be, I go to a fancy restaurant here in West Palm Beach, if their service sucks, I, if food could be the best, I'll go somewhere else. You know Absolutely I mean? true. Well, for sure. Customer service, hospitality, again, number, number one thing. But, you know, it's not, not button discount. And in addition to that, the quality of the food has to be there, right? Because it's all of those things that stack up for the customer experience. So when it comes to a restaurant, the next thing you add is consistency of the presentation the consistency of the flavor profiles, the consistency of the freshness, the consistency of fill in the blanks. You know, look, everyone that's in the restaurant business, every once in a while, they may misorder, not get something. Who knows what's going on? Shipment can't get through because of, you know, the roads are closed or something. And what we tell our franchisees is take it off the menu. 86 that. Though I almost used a word that we might not be able to edit out. Um, 86 it right because don't go to your norm your local fill in the blank supermarket restaurant depot whatever it is right and try to replace the product we have a very specific ingredients list and the mm -hmm. moment you mess with that the flavor is off so it's very important that you keep the flavor profile the same you keep the presentation the same you keep the guest experience the same and then they want to come back because Listen, someone who says that, you know, because we're big on reputation management at Doghouse, if someone doesn't have a positive experience, they let us know about it right away. Mm -hmm. For us, the customer experience is number one. And we've invested deeply into being able to interact with them in an organized fashion so that we're able to make sure that from the corporate perspective, we know what each one of our franchisees is doing and saying in direct communication to their customer. Good. So let me let me ask you this then, CJ. Um, our listeners, 
go run the gamut from marketing to communications to uh, PR, loyalty, CEOs are listening. So as a marketing professional in your field, can you share some of the pain points that you might have when it comes to creating and maintaining customer loyalty? And if you could kind of speak in a story that might have resonated with you, that would be helpful. Yeah, I mean, again, for us, it's the customer journey, the customer perspective, right? So we talked about Apple, and one major difference between uh, 1984 and 2020 is the method that you are in touch with your customers. So in 1984, I witnessed a mass media commercial that like, kind of piqued my interest in a brand or a product. But today, customers want one-to-one communication. So that means responding to emails, direct messages, public questions on social platforms, et cetera. So that's the pain point, right? It's not, it's not, a, it's not like something that is coming to us that, that angers us. For us, it's like we wish we could respond to everyone as soon as they hit us. So our pain point tends to be the bandwidth to respond because the number one thing that anybody wants to hear is, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that issue. Let's talk about that issue so that it can make us better and so that you can feel like we care because we do care. That is, for us, the pain point is being able to be almost omnipresent. And Mm -hmm. so that's the challenge, right? How can you really make that happen? Um, You have to to be able to just allow yourself to be quiet at times and listen and then respond thoughtfully. So that's that's our pain point because that's our culture, you know? if, if since people are listening and they want solutions, they just don't want to hear what I think. I want to tell you that we use a company called Chatmeter. And Chatmeter's been awesome for us to be able to kind of socially listen and, and, reputa- and manage our reputation across all platforms. Because it, they actually started talking to us because they saw that our reputation, our rankings, our ratings, um, our engagement was super high. And they were wondering how we were doing it. And I just had a team of individuals that were highly dedicated to our brand and to our brand promise of servicing our customers, our guests, our fans, and, and, and responding to them. That's, that's what we do. So our pain point is not being able to respond fast enough. But we do a great job. We respond to nearly everything in 24 hours. So now this company that you mentioned, do they consolidate everything? Do they, do they use artificial intelligent chatbots? How, how are, they, are they helping? Yeah, so they don't. They don't use artificial intelligence and they don't use chatbots. Um, there is some efficiencies where we are able to have some uh, like templates, right? Because like, mm-hmm. some things you don't want to mess up. When someone says that I think I ate something that was off and I'm not feeling well, every restaurant has had that come into them at some point, mm-hmm. then you want to be able to respond with the proper the proper information, right? So there, there is that ability to have templates. No, it's just really a major dashboard. I mean, as we all know, take it away from reputation management for a moment, take it into the world of delivery service partners. Wouldn't it be great if you can see your sales and DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, Grubhub, all in one spot? Guess what? You can't right now. It's so hard to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's all about the efficiencies and the reporting and seeing everything in one spot. So uh, Chatmeter offers this incredible dashboard that allows for us to look at our reputation management, look at so many, you know, make sure our listings are all accurate. Uh, the whole algorithm of how Google and Bing are serving up 
your location. It's based on so many things. Uh, it, it could be that if someone says we're open till 11 and someone says we're open at 12, there's a demerit on that brand location because it's inconsistent information. So hmm. chat meter helps to keep that stuff organized as well. Yeah, well, nobody said it was easy. You're right. It's, uh, it, it becomes a complicated process and more, um, the more digital the world becomes. I mean, I, I've been in the digital space since 97. But the more it becomes mainstream, the more touch points that there are. It just means, you know, as a, a brand loyal marketing person, you need to think about it from the global perspective of how you're interacting with your customers. So let me ask you this, uh, as we, you know, we come close to wrapping up on uh, 25 minutes, 30 minutes uh, in, the, in the episode. In an ideal world, what would your customer loyalty engagement strategy look like in the future? All right, we talked about 1984 at the top of the show. I know that was kind of futuristic back then when uh, we had to read it in school. Um, but what does it look like in the future, do you think, CJ? Yeah, so, you know, that's something I, I really, it's funny, right? Because first of all, I love science fiction. So you totally like that's opened a can of worms there. But if I think about it, before Apple, com before the Apple commercial, right, there was a movie that was two years prior to that in 1982 called Blade Runner, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Ridgely Scott and all those guys did an amazing thing, which by the way, he also did the Apple commercial. I don't know if you knew that. Um, but this vision of the future was pretty amazing. And, and I thought to myself, like, that's, I really thought it to be sci-fi, all technology, you know, and what was going to be out there. But my, 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 my horizon of what the future looks like, which is, you know, beyond that was actually, um, let's see, uh, in 2019, I spoke at the ICX conference and I met uh, Sharif Mitas, the chief experience officer at TGI Fridays. And he talked a ton about AI. And I thought, well, that's super important, but at the end of the day, the future needs to have the thing that has always been the case, which is hospitality. So I don't, I don't know what technology people want to use or where technology is going to go. It can go anywhere, right? But if it remains true to the hospitality service of others, serving somebody else, right, you're going to get a customer that is going to be for the lifetime value of that individual will be far greater than the quick hit or the big margin some companies can charge on their food, product, and or service for that one-time experience. So the future should be long-term um, vision to hold on to your guests for their lifetime and do what they want you to do. Be relevant to them. Listen to what they say. Offer it the way they want it. And that should be the future. And if that does require AI and that's where you can aggregate all the information and learn your customer, I think that would be fantastic. I think maybe the future should also share information, right? The customer has a preference. Like when I, when, if I see an ad that pops up that's kind of following me, it reminds me. I'm not anchored by it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm interested in that product. So if there are like brands or like products or like services that fit my lifestyle, I personally want that. And I think that just means that people want relevant content. So the future would be a future with nothing but relevant content and all the bombardment of irrelevant stuff should not be interfering in what I do or experience. Yeah, I, I guess that, that's what keeps people loyal. 
you know, the consistency in the positive experience with everything that they do with the touch point with, even if it's an ad, like you say, you're seeing an advertisement for something that you've already searched for. I saw something interesting. This is probably a couple of months ago where I, I saw something, it retargeted me somewhere else on the internet and then I actually right. bought it. And then yeah. I had the opportunity, a little pop-up came up on the ad that says, did you yes. already purchase this? And I click yes. yes and now I don't yes. see it anymore, which I yeah. thought was really innovative. I think that's good stuff. I know some people think that's big brother and it creeps them out and stuff, but look, I, I think you have to take, you have to understand the landscape. You have to know what comes with what your choices are. And, and as much as we can have control, awesome. I mean, it's really no different than direct mail was years ago, decades ago, targeting an individual, right? The demographics, who is likely to respond? Who is the reach? I sound like I'm, it sounded like when my daughter was applying to college. Like, what is the likely? What is the reach? What, like, the strategy is always the same. Yes. Right? Who it, can you convert right away? Who is, who's going to make something happen for you? Yeah. Great Focus stuff. on that. Yeah. So, CJ, I know we could talk about this forever, but I know. Oh, man, I can uh, definitely talk about this forever. Sorry. Hope I was on topic for you. No, we were. <laughs> I, I think we were. I definitely think we were. Um, and I definitely want to take take the time to thank you for taking your time out of your schedule to uh, share your customer loyalty insights. Um, I'm happy that uh, the doghouse is working very well for you. And I also want to thank our loyal customers and listeners for investing some of their valuable time with us. Yes. If you feel you received value from the show, we would definitely appreciate a five-star review on your favorite podcast. A podcast streaming service. And if you know someone else who you think would value listening to this podcast and learn from it, please do share. This is how we grow. To reference this and other Loyalty Minute episodes, please visit theloyaltyminute.com. Enjoy. Thanks again, CJ. Thanks, Rob. It was great. And thanks to everyone out there. I appreciate you uh, giving us a listen. All right. Stay safe. Okay. Take care. All right. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for your next edition of the Loyalty Minute.